All right, everybody, it is the top of the hour. So I would like to welcome you to tonight's Citizens Climate University. This is a weekly webinar program of Citizens Climate Lobby that provides CCL supporters, so all of you, with access to in-depth training opportunities on topics relating to climate change and effective climate advocacy. This week's essential topic is understanding conservative perspectives about the IRA, the Inflation Reduction Act. I'm your host, my name's Sabria Butcher. I'm CCL's Action and Endorsement Coordinator. Thank you again so much for joining us. And tonight's guest speakers are Drew Eyerly, CCL's Conservative Outreach Director, and Nate Abercrombie, CCL's Conservative Outreach Coordinator. Um, so I will go ahead and let the both of you get started. All right, thank you, Sabrina. Um, like Sabrina said, my name is Drew Eyerly. I am the Conservative Outreach Director. Uh, been with CCL since 2016 and the last two years as uh, we're coming up on two years, year and a half now as the Outreach Director. Um, originally from very, very, very rural Pennsylvania. Uh, currently, I'm down in Augusta, Georgia. Uh, so we're here to talk tonight about... Um, the conservative perspectives around the IRA, you know, how some conservatives feel about it, you know, things they like, things they don't like, um, ways to talk to conservatives about the IRA, you know, and the benefits that come with it while also acknowledging maybe some of the things that they don't like. Um, if any of you have been in any of my presentations before, I do not like formalities. I don't want to talk at you for the next 30 minutes. Uh, I think we all kind of benefit a lot more when we have a discussion-based approach. So, it, you know, the slides are just kind of here to guide us. Nate worked extremely hard on them, and I'm, a, you know, very, very grateful for the time and effort he put into them, but we're both under the same understanding that these are really here just to kind of guide the conversation. So at any time that you have questions, comments, concerns, perspective, please feel free to go ahead and throw your hand up and we'll, we'll stop, pause, and we will talk about it for a little while. We only get through three slides. That is fine. I would much rather have conversations and you guys throw stuff at us. So I'll come way better for it. Uh, so moving on, very first section that we are going to cover is general advice uh, for conservatives about the Inflation Reduction Act or the IRA. Uh, I will cover that point, you know, how, how do we talk about it, you know, what's the best way to approach this um, without, you know, putting people on the defensive or giving them places to kind of argue back and try to discredit and undermine whatever you're happy about. Section two, Nate's going to take over. Uh, he's going to talk about how conservatives feel about the provisions and details within the IRA. Um, you know, because there are bipartisan parts or not only call it bipartisan there are non or nonpartisan portions of the IRA um you know such as like the nuclear uh tax credits for farming things like that that you know conservatives really can get behind um as long as you sell it in the pieces and we don't talk about it as a complete package you know the fact that it's a democrat only bill is enough to turn a, a conservative away so if we just talk about certain portions which we'll get into further you know a little bit deeper here in a little while, um, you know, you have much more productive conversation. And then finally, we'll close up, we'll do Q&A and discussion. But again, I just want to reiterate, if you have questions and you want to talk about some stuff throughout, please feel free to throw your hand up. Nate, Sabrina, if you can watch for all that, 
Um, if somebody does have a question they want to drop in the chat, they want to throw their hand up and just ask it to me directly or to Nate directly, I highly, highly, highly encourage it. Okay, next slide. All right, so why are we doing this training? This is the largest climate bill passed uh, in US and world history. Um, it's extremely important. It is a huge talking point. You know, a lot of people are calling it the watered down Build Back America. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff in this that you know some people are extremely happy about, some people are not so happy about. Uh, and the fact that it, it, it's the, the kind of like the focal point right, right now to what we're trying to do with CCL and promoting climate action, you know, we need to have a good solid understanding of what people like, what people might not like, and how to have productive conversations around it. Um, you know, moving on to our next bullet, same thing. You should know how to discuss this. Uh, with it being as finicky as it is, you can either have a very productive conversation or you could turn somebody off completely. Um, it just really depends. And then this training should help you navigate a lot of those interactions that you're going to have with people while you're out here advocating for it. Next slide. And go ahead. Next slide. All right. So if uh, any of you have seen the op-ed that I worked with Charlotte on that kind of went out, um, I, the big upfront point was the bill passed. The money's there. I know a lot of people want to argue about, oh, the X amount of dollars got allocated. I'm, I myself am a very fiscal conservative. I, know I don't like federal spending, but you know what? If it happens, it happens. Um, when, you know, we uh, up at staff kind of started talking about all of this, the, the reference that I used was think of it like COVID, you know, the, the COVID stimulus checks. We didn't want us, you know, the, the type of conservative I am, we didn't want all that money getting dumped into the economy like that. You know, we didn't want the federal support. We didn't want the federal spending, but it happened and there's nothing that we could do about it. So make the most of that money, you know, instead of talking about how much money the government was handing out, we started talking about what we could do with that money to support, you know, small businesses and things like that. Um, so into our second point, it's better to focus on what can be done with the situation now, rather than talk to them about where the money come from, or talk to them about how much money is coming. What can you do with this bill? How can you ensure that the money that's coming is allocated for the right reasons? You know, whether, you know, it's, it's dumping money into farming, into uh, infrastructure, um, or, you know, more conservative aspects like nuclear, you know, like, you know, instead of trying to sell them that getting money is a good thing, sell them on what they can do with that money is a good thing. So we don't need to sell them on the entire bill. Um, there are parts of that that I absolutely hate. I'm not going to lie to you guys. Um, there are parts of this package that me as a Republican, I just cannot get behind. Um, not even as a Republican, just as Drew Ireland, you know, in my values and my morals. Um, but, you know, there's parts that I absolutely love, like the nuclear. Uh, so managing our expectations for the conversation, right? If, if we try to talk to them about the bill in whole, you're offering up a lot of places where they have the ability to debate based on their own expectations and morals and values. 
Um, so just talk to the parts that are, you know, that conservatives care about, you know, the farming, the, the energy infrastructure, the, the developing the nuclear technologies, um, different tax credits and things like that. Uh, and then, you know, because we are citizens of the climate lobby, focus on those climate provisions. Talk about what you know. Talk about what you're very well versed in and why it is a good nonpartisan uh, step forward. You know, because when we start talking about the IRA is good, they're going to go into everything but climate, all these other areas, and conservatives are going to argue back. You know, as far as like, you know, excessive spending and things like that go. So, all right, Sabrina, next slide. All right, what or you want climate action, but not the IRA. Again, I will be honest with you, this is kind of the wheelhouse that I fell into. I will support the IRA, uh, or I do support the IRA, because it's, it's a step forward and progress is progress. I wish it would have happened differently, but it didn't. Um, so I, I really fall into this, you know, being open and honest with everybody here. You know, I'm a conservative and I support climate action, but I'm not the biggest fan of the IRA. Uh, so with talking to other conservatives that are like me, I've had to think about the argument that resounds with me. You know, you know why are we here? Why do I feel this way? Well, it's because conservatives didn't step up. Republicans didn't step up. Um, we've had the opportunity to talk. Uh, we've had the opportunity to come to the table. Um, and then this happened without conservative input. And, you know, coming into the second bullet, this is what happens when we let one side, I don't want to say Democrats, because it could be for any issue, and I don't want to play partisan politics here, but, you know, when one side dominates an issue, this is what happens. You need both sides to talk. So when you're talking to a Republican who absolutely hates the IRA, yeah, I want to do climate stuff, but I just can't get behind this. Well, then you need to you know, advocate. This is why you need to contact your congressman. This is why you need to talk to your representatives and make your voice heard that you want Republicans to weigh in on issues that, you know, socially may be more left-leaning or, you know, if on a different topic, maybe more right-leaning. Um, it's important to... Mark Friedman, what are your main objections to the IRA? We'll talk about that later. That's more of a personal thing, sir. I will drop, if you can have my email and my phone number, and I would be glad to talk to you about that stuff offline if you'd like to have a, a personal conversation around that. Um, I, I put my own perspective on here to kind of uh, give you all the, like, you're going to face people such as myself that are like, no, I don't like the IRA. And I'm going to be honest with you all. Like, you know, I, I support it, you know, because it is climate action. And we're going the right way with it. I just think we could have done it better had Republicans, um, you know, spoken up and talked. Had Republicans, you know, come forward with, you know, a lot of these free market approaches and things that we had where we're not just throwing money at issues um, that, you know, basically right on the back of the taxpayer. So you come across somebody like me, but who's a little bit more stubborn and closed-minded, these are the arguments that you're going to get back. Uh so talking to those people, again, um, yeah, there we go. Thank you, Nate. So talking to people such as myself, 
you know, let them know, like, you know, all right, well, that's great that you support climate action. I understand, you know, show compassion, show, show that you can agree, show that, you know, like you understand where they are coming from. We all want to hear our words coming out of somebody else's mouth. That's just human nature. So relate with them. Yeah, you know, I understand this could have been done better. And here's my idea of how it could have done better. You could have, you know, we, we can encourage more Republicans to get involved so that we have more balanced solutions coming forward. You know, I support the IRA because you know what, it's, it's progress on an issue that I care about, you know, regardless. But had we had Republicans on there, we could have probably done this in a way that appeased way more people. All right, aspects of the IRA to avoid. Funding for 87,000 new IRS agents. I cannot tell you how many memes that I have seen on Facebook where we would like 87,000 school security officers, not IRS agents. Uh, reading a lot of stuff on this just today. Um, there's so much propaganda out there around that and how, you know, hiring these agents, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, and I'll be honest, the fact of the matter is hiring these IRA, IRS agents allows the uh, America to do the audits that it needs to do. But, you know, we've had so many budget cuts and everything that, you know, people can get away with tax evasion all the time. They're not paying their fair share. And then we don't have the money, which, you know, to fund programs that we need to fund. But when you look at it superficially, which a lot of the right are going to because it's not something that they care about they just get mad like you're just looking at people who are going to come after my money so stay away from talking about that you know it, it's not a good thing on the right side for most people uh the corporate minimum tax rate you know it, we're free market we're capitalism so having like a minimum tax that corporations have to pay and things like that it looks like you know you're you're hurting somebody for their hard work um, and, and the Affordable Care Act subsidy extension. Again, I will talk from my perspective. I hate all subsidies. I don't think the government should be involved in subsidizing stuff. That's not free market to include fuel. So don't shoot me yet. Like, I don't think we should be subsidizing fuel either. Pay If you want to use gas to run your car, you should be paying the true 10 to $15 per gallon. So when we start talking subsidies, um, people are going to get upset. And they're going to get very defensive because it's uh, you're taking my money from me and choosing where to spend it. And that's a horrible, horrible thing. I should be able to decide where that money goes. Uh, next slide. Set this back over here. Okay. So the IRA will benefit red states. Uh, there is a lot of stuff within this bill that considers you know the the rural aspect of america so two-thirds of renewable investment construction occurs in our red states so you know it's it's you know solar it's wind it's stuff like that there's the job opportunities there you know our red states are kind of prime real estate for uh you know renewable investment um so talking about that you know uh you know talk to them from that angle that perspective Moving on to our second bullet, mining and manufacturing of, of uh, renewables. Uh, okay. Mining and manufacturing of the renewable materials more likely to happen there as well. All right, Nate, I'm going to let you take this one now. 
Yeah, sure. So this is where I chime in. So uh, I just want to start off by saying that um, the Inflation Reduction Act is a huge bill. I think it's like 1,400 pages. I haven't read it. I don't know if any of you have read it. I doubt any of you have read it. But um, so I'm not, I, I'm all that to say, I'm not an expert on the specifics. It's very technical and it goes beyond what most people uh, care to understand or can understand. It's, it's extremely tricky stuff. So what I'm going to be talking about here is one, not the entire bill by any stretch of the imagination. Um, this is going to be about the provisions or the aspects of it that are probably most likely to come up in conversation with the conservative and maybe what you should say about them. And it's also going to contain a couple slides on the aspects of the bill, which conservatives might either like or find least objectionable. So to that end, uh, one of the things that you should just know uh, going into a discussion about the bill uh, in general, conservative or not, is the impacts it'll have on you know the deficit, the national debt, and inflation. Uh, so first off, by the way, that little picture on the left, our national debt, uh, it says 11 trillion right there. I think it's coming up on 30 trillion now. So that's a little bit of an outdated photo. But um, the IRA is going to reduce the deficit by about $100 billion. Um, and that is of a federal deficit that we're currently running, which I think is close to $1.3 trillion, so a little bit under 10%. And um, there was a question asked earlier about whether or not calling it the IRA is a misnomer. Um, and I would say definitively, yes, it is, um, because it is believed that the IRA will have a uh, negligible effect on inflation. And what that means is experts disagree on whether or not it will either raise inflation by about 0.1%, or reduce it by about 0.1%. So um, I would chalk up the name of the bill to a creative piece of political theater. Uh, next slide. Oh, and actually, sorry, and just one more thing about this. But um, And so just to know uh, about the negligible effects on inflation and uh, the reduction of the deficit, that these are two things that are accomplished by uh, something that Drew mentioned earlier, which is the corporate, uh, which is the uh, minimum tax rate and uh, new IRS agents who are going to um, you know, try to collect money that was missed out on from uh, wealthy individuals. And so uh, conservatives, a lot of people might not like essentially how the money is, uh, is raised to sponsor this. So, next slide. So um, really what I think is most likely to come up in a conversation with a conservative is um, the aspects of the bill that are climate related that are maybe okay or interesting to talk about are um, the tax credits and the tax rebates that are just littered throughout it. Um, so uh, we'll get into this a little bit. Um, next slide. So broadly, there are a few sets of tax credits that are being applied on businesses. First off, the manufacturing production tax credit um, will allow us to onshore domestic uh, production and mining. It's essentially a credit to allow people to, <laughs> it's essentially a credit to allow companies to build new facilities in the US and bring uh, the manufacturing back over here, manufacturing which had gone overseas, but um, the tide of which has sort of swung uh, with supply chain issues resulting from COVID. And um, this will also apply, by the way, um, to allowing us to domestically mine certain critical minerals such as like lithium and cobalt, um, which are absolutely crucial for the production of you know, solar panels and battery technology. 
There's also a technology uh, R&D credit um, that is offered for, um, for instance, uh, like what you mentioned earlier, uh, small nuclear reactors that will apply to those. Things that are still in the emerging tech phase um, will be much more easily written off um, as one of the provisions in this bill. And lastly, another form of tax credit that applies to businesses is um, things like facilities upgrades, um, whether that's, you know, energy efficiency through getting, you know, better light bulbs or uh, insulating buildings to uh, things like rooftop solar, uh, businesses will be able to uh, get credit for those sorts of upgrades. Next slide. And then there's also a more personal aspect to the uh, credits and rebates um, that are in this bill. One of the ones that I've heard talked about most by CCL volunteers is, um, excuse me, um, money that can be used uh, or that can uh, come in the form of a rebate for uh, purchasing of electric vehicles. Um, that will be $7,500 for new vehicles, $3,500 for used ones. Um, and, but there is a very interesting asterisk next to this that I think you should be aware of. And it will it is that a certain value added percentage of the vehicle will have to come from the US. So I, I don't know the exact figure, but it's a solid majority of the value of the vehicle will have, have to come from it having been built in the US. And that means the battery will have to be mined from the US. A lot of the production will have to be here. Um, and what that means is right now, there are only a handful of cars, I think three EVs that immediately qualify for this. And it's going to take a couple years before companies like Tesla will be able to sell their cars um, and have this credit applied to them. Um, I think the Chevy Bolt off the top of my head is one of the only ones that um, actually uh, receives this credit. Um, another thing, uh, $1,200 for qualified energy efficiency improvements. So um, this gets broken down into a much more complicated, smaller minutia. It's like you can get $600 for upgrading your windows and like $400 for getting like better drying machine, like that sort of thing, like that sort of thing. Um, and then there's also a 30% uh, rebate for uh, installing uh, energy generating improvements, which essentially just means for almost all people, uh, solar rooftop, that sort of thing. Um, so all this to say, like, did you say something? No, go ahead. But when you're done with this, I want to jump in real quick. It, it, I was just going to kind of contextualize this for the average conservative. If you want to, you want to go ahead if that's where you were taking it. Yeah. So kind of want to give you guys a little personal story here real quick. Um, can anybody tell me what the monthly increase on your energy bill is driving an EV? Anybody know off the top of their head, the average? I just found this out like four or five weeks ago when I was talking to the girlfriend trying to sell her on buying a Tesla. All right, it's like 25 to 50 bucks a month. I currently drive a 2021 Toyota Tundra and I love my truck. Absolutely love my truck. Um, I probably spend like $300 just in gas, just alone. Uh, it does not do well. It's, 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 it's horrible. Um, thankfully I work from home and I don't have to drive that much, but it's absolute trash. When you start talking about impacts to the wallet, conservatives are going to pay attention, you know, and there's this, this, uh, you know, a lot of propaganda out there right now around, um, like, uh, you know, well, I'm gonna have to get a generator. I'm gonna have to wait four hours at the pump or at the, at the charging station and blah, blah, blah. And all these other things, not if you pay attention. And 
it's, you know, for at least for my area, for my area right now under Georgia with, you know, credits and everything else, it comes out to, you know, charging your electric vehicle and only driving it from home is $25 to $50 a month. I can save $250 to $350 a month by buying an EV, by getting that Tesla or the Chevy Bolt or something else. Uh, your truck, you can wait for that EV Silverado or uh, Lightning. There we go. We get that lightning. <laughs> you know, I, and I'm not against it at all. And we started having these conversations and like, like she's a libertarian. So she was like anti everything government. And then she started looking at this stuff. She's like, you know what? Maybe we need to go look at the Tesla. And, you know, and I'm like, yeah, park the truck. Just keep it from when we go to deer camp. We're good. We, we run the, we run the truck everywhere else. It depends on how much you drive. Use it as your everyday commuter. But again, not to go off the rails on why EVs are such a good thing. We all know that here. Uh, but when we start talking the economics of it, what can you save in your wallet? When I heard that I could save anywhere between $250 to $350, you know, $350 a month by not having to buy gas and you know run this around, when she heard that, she's like, absolutely. You know, we definitely need to go and you know start looking at this. Extremely good talking point. When I when I say you got to spend an extra fifty bucks on your energy bill, but you save this much on buying fossil fuels. So you've already heard Drew mention this. He absolutely loves us. Uh, I do too, but uh, he's just beaming. Um, so one of the provisions in this bill that conservatives are most likely to be happy about, um, as far as just direct spending goes um, and how that might be used, is what will happen to boost uh, nuclear energy output as a result of this. Um, there's a production tax credit for existing re reactors. I think it's like $15 per megawatt hour. Um, and this is really helpful because nuclear is actually one of the most expensive uh, forms of energy that we currently use. Um, and which is quite unfortunate given, you know, that's a fantastic baseload power and uh, does not emit carbon at all. Um, other aspects uh, relating to nuclear there in the bill, um, there is a 30% investment tax for uh, new deployment, which is similar to um, the, you know, other 30% um, rebates that you could get for, uh, you know, installing like solar, um, that sort of thing. Um, and so that will hopefully incentivize and bring down production costs uh, for new plants to come online. And then there's also something to the tune of a billion dollars that will be used um, to, for the U.S. to acquire um, highly enriched uranium. Next slide. And lastly, just a couple other things that um, are worth potentially mentioning in a conversation with a conservative. Uh, number one, the headline thing, the thing that you know everyone is pretty stoked about is the 40% reduction in emissions from 2005 levels by 2030. That's a little bit of a round and there is debate over whether or not that number is closer to 38 or 45%. Some other things that are important to bring up, um, you know, but by curbing our reliance on fossil fuels, uh, we're going to burn a lot less gas and um, that alone will uh, save the US public billions of dollars in public health costs over the coming decades. Um, Further, uh, you can, uh, by 2030, um, with the new cheap forms of power that will be coming online, especially solar, um, it's estimated that most Americans will save an estimated $170 to $220 um, per month in their energy bill. And there are programs in this to benefit farmers. Um, I think, is it aspects of the, Drew, you might know this better than me, um, 
provisions in there that uh, allow for um, what's it called planting two crops at once or not two crops at once, but uh, regenerative ag. Um, anyways, no farming, regenerative agriculture. So yeah, yeah, yeah. And then of course, with all of this investment and the money going into the community, we'd hope there'd at least be some more jobs. So. Thank you for listening to this episode of Citizens Climate Lobby's training program. You can tune into more episodes anywhere podcasts are available. Inspired by what you heard today? Join Citizens Climate Lobby to advocate for bipartisan climate solutions. Go to community.citizensclimate.org to find more trainings, resources, your local chapter, national action teams, discussion forums, and more. Be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Citizens Climate. We also invite all of our listeners to subscribe to our YouTube channel for more inspiration. Like what you hear? Recommend us to your friends and make sure to give us a five-star rating. It helps us show up on other listeners' feeds. Feel free to pass on any suggestions for future episodes in the comments as well. And together, we are creating the political will for a livable world.